Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. All right, welcome to an exhausted weekly edition of The Wrap. I'm Travis Fain, one of WRL's state government reporters. And I'm Paul Spey, another state government reporter, also the PolitiFact guy you may have seen on TV. Yeah, you, and uh, gosh, where do we begin, man? Like, this, is, this has been a week. Right, I think the outcome is not surprising. It's the amount of time it took to get to this outcome that has been exhausting and surprising. And the outcome is we have a budget. Uh, Governor Cooper will let it become law. So roughly 10 days from now, uh, the new $30 billion budget uh, that the House finalized after midnight Thursday and the Senate finalized Friday morning will become law. It will trigger Medicaid expansion. Uh, DHHS is working on that probably as we record this to get that set up with the federal government, get that get them that money flowing, billions of dollars, 300,000 people. Uh, who right now get just family planning from Medicaid. There's a very like small, skinny Medicaid uh, program that is just like family planning. But those people qualify under expansion. They're immediately going to go under the rolls. And then probably a couple hundred thousand more will be added as uh, the, the state and local uh, officials kind of go through it and determine. So a lot more people are going to get health insurance. And, and this sort of, uh, I know... Cooper still has time left in his uh, tenure as governor, but this this does feel like sort of the last thing that he was striving for, right? Obviously, there are still lots of things he opposes and will challenge in court and things like that. But it, it another thing I, I know this is the budget itself is a big Republican document, right? But it includes this piece of Medicaid expansion that Cooper is getting on his way out, and we've been hearing about it since. 2015, if not I, I, before? I, I've been putting 13 years in my stories, so yeah. it, maybe it's up to 14 now. I don't quite know, but it's been a long time coming. Uh, no casinos or gambling expansion, expansion, or at least not expansion of video poker, video, video lottery terminals in the budget. Uh, we can get into that fiasco in a minute. Uh, big open records law change in the budget where lawmakers will have explicit authority in state law to decide you know, not to release their emails, documents from their offices. Uh, just they're exempt. They are now essentially exempt from the State Open Records Act, uh, which is not super uncommon for legislatures. I know in Georgia that was the case, uh, but definitely a big shift here. Uh, GovOps, big change there. This is like the, the legislature's investigatory committee. It gets a whole bunch more power, including the power to go to uh, uh, anyone in the executive branch and, and say, hey, we're investigating or we have questions and you have to give us this stuff. And if you tell anybody that we asked you for it, that's, I believe, uh, some level of misdemeanor. So it would actually be illegal would be enforced secrecy. And I think that's the spookiest part for a lot of people, at least that I, that I heard during uh, debates, is that this is sort of an obscure group and they're given lots of power now. And so people are just now learning, hey, who are, who are these people who have right. access to my records? 
Uh, and what are they going to do with it? And the scary part is that, you know, it's controlled by the leaders of the legislature. Yeah, and right as they're shutting down access to their own records through a budget, you know, through budget language that, like, we did not see, did not exist in any public way until when did the actual budget come out, man? It, was it Wednesday night, Thursday? I mean, it was like 20, you know, twenty less than 24 hours before the vote started. Um, and, you know, we were... If y'all don't want us to overreact on things, you know, because that, that's what we always get told. Like, oh, you're overreacting. Well, well, can we see it? Like, can we can we read it? Can we sit down? Can we talk about it? Can we ask questions about it? No? Oh, cool. Okay, I'll just see you at midnight and you can vote for it. And then it'll be my fault that I don't totally understand all the nuance that you see that is there that the multiple attorneys I spoke to don't see. So I don't know. You know, they, they, so the, the, that's the kind of environment where a number of Democrats, particularly in the Senate, were kind of like suggesting Nazi imagery, like, you know, Gestapo, like a secret police coming for, you know, and we can talk about hyperbole later. I'm on record pretty staunchly against hyperbole, but uh, this has been a fiasco of a week. It, I think uh, the lack of transparency and then just the number of things in the budget that uh, do function to serve the majority party um, are what's really uh, jarring uh, for people who are in the on the political left or in the political middle or are just sort of observers uh, reading the the headlines and reading the stories about this what six six hundred page document uh, six hundred pages for the policy six twenty five and then another seven hundred plus for the money report so you have to read them in tandem uh, you know so fourteen hundred pages right so I. <laughs> I, I, it feels like we're going to be going through the. It's like it's like someone went and got a box out of the attic, and we're going to be pulling stuff out for the next few weeks or even months, and saying like, "Oh, oh yeah, remember this? It, they mentioned this in March, and then we forgot about it. Now here it is." Right. Except that box has the force of law over 11 million people uh, and 30 billion dollars in it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh... Let's walk a little bit through the timeline on on gambling. So we've obviously been talking about this for forever. Republicans wanted to, to, to force an expansion of casinos, particularly Senate Leader Phil Berger wanted to do this, uh, and uh, legalizing essentially video poker called video lottery terminals. These are the slot machine kind of machines you might see in a gas station or a restaurant. Friday of last week, so a week from like right now, we started hearing very real rumblings that those casinos and the VLTs were out of the budget. So the, the budget was never no longer going to be used as the leverage to pass casinos and VLTs, but they were going to be in a separate bill mashed together with Medicaid expansion, which Democrats want. This was all about getting enough votes, enough of a coalition uh, between, you know, to, to kind of get around the very conservative, social conservatives in the Republican Party didn't want any either of these things. Saturday evening, we had confirmed this bill existed and seeing a copy of it at some point. Uh, Monday, a copy of the budget leaked. Uh, we were able to publish that on Monday. Not a final one, but close. Uh, and we don't really know how much, at the time, we didn't really know what was and wasn't going to be final. And we now don't know what changes 
were always going to be made and what changes were made because it leaked and then people got involved. I mean, lobbyists get on the phone pretty quickly. Right. And I, I, you know, I think a lot of people, as they might expect, uh, lawmakers put out testing, tester drafts. They want to see how people react. And then they have plan B's and plan C's and plan D's, depending on how things go. And some of that is played out through the media to, to some degree. Things are leaked to us right. and we're used as the vehicle for all of that. Right. So why, I, you know, I, I honestly don't remember who gave me that thing, but you know, I, I don't know why they gave it to me or who gave it to them or whether they were told to give it. You know what I mean? Like you never know when you're a reporter uh, what's happening exactly sometimes. Uh, Tuesday, though, big kind of surprise. Uh, Berger and Moore, Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, press conference, joint press conference, seven fifteen, I think, casinos and VLTs, they're dead. They're gone. They're not in this budget. That mashup bill with Medicaid, not in the budget. I mean, excuse me, n- no longer in existence. Uh, you know, everyone expects the gambling issue to come back next year. We can talk more about that. Uh, but now it's it's the old deal from back months and months ago before we heard about casinos. Medicaid expansion will be triggered by the budget. The budget is $30 billion. We're going to vote this week. And that's what they did. Berger kind of blinked here. He wanted he wanted casinos. He's not getting them. He'll come back on them next year. I promise you that. Uh, but that 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 in, in, in NC Paul world is notable. Uh, I, my guess is he would push back on that and say, hey, we had people. I, I had heard that they had the Senate lined up. Oh, sure. Go on it. And that it, it was... Uh, conservatives in the house who that right. that were falling in line falling out out of line it was fluid who knows what the final straw was but um ultimately whatever they were offering and you know whatever was being sold behind the scenes the conservatives didn't buy and i wonder how much of that was just being anti-gambling versus being anti-gambling and tired of the lack of transparency around this you know because this was never caucus to my knowledge is just a straight up here's a gambling bill let's put it through committee that certainly didn't happen and let's have a conversation about what i keep telling you is a great idea uh, but also i'm going to let you read it before i ask you to swallow it one thing i think we should note is there are a lot of people who don't gamble right right and so they're probably thinking why are we talking about this so much why are we talking about casinos and gambling in this particular bill and it's sort of because it it came out of nowhere we it, it seemed to at least there's this you know the session starts uh Trisha Cotham switches parties. She gives Republicans a supermajority. And then we start thinking about things like uh, abortion. They right. they put out their new uh, abortion restrictions at 12 weeks. They move forward uh, with a lot of school choice bills, uh, parental rights. They limit uh, transgender rights. And so and a lot of these are national issues that you've heard about before. And so you think, okay, yeah, n- uh, some of this surprised me, some of it doesn't. And we're getting toward the end of the session, and then all of a sudden things sort of uh, come to a halt. And, yeah, not and only we'll, does the issue come up, it derails everything. Right. It, 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 it really is like the casinos were the stick and someone spoke. And uh, we went from, you know, uh, this being sort of a kumbaya year of Republicans getting along and getting what they want to, you know, <laughs> just... Uh, someone making a party faux pas and then everyone's standing around looking at each other like, oh, are we seriously talking about casinos? This is not something we're all in agreement on. And just to kind of talk about the timeline and how secretive this was, uh, our colleague Keenan Willard, uh, who covers a lot of eastern North Carolina, he had a story out of Nash County this week 
non-disclosure agreements with, I, I can't remember if it was county commissioners or city council members in Rocky Mount, uh, but the, some of them date back to September. So Cordish, which is this big developer who wants to build casinos in North Carolina, was talking to people back at least in September of 2022. Also, Alan Chesser, who is a Nash County Republican out of the House, he was on the Do Politics Better podcast Thursday, and he told them that he first heard about casinos in late February, early March at a local briefing, a briefing for with local officials. He was told that his predecessor in the House had been briefed, so that backs the timetable up a little more, uh, but that when he went looking for a bill, so let, this is they're talking about building a casino in his district, He's somewhat in the know, goes looking for a bill because obviously it requires a change in the law. He said he didn't see that bill until we, WRL, published a leaked copy in July. So that's how buttoned up this was. A local state representative could not get a copy of the bill for months. Did not know what the plans were in his backyard. Right, right. All right. Should we go through the budget? You want to talk about some some budget bullet points? We talked a little bit about the overriding. I think you and I and our colleague Brian Murphy, we were talking about this earlier, the overriding theme, at least to me, is how this budget was used with Medicaid expansion as leverage to pass Republican policies, consolidate power. Uh, there's a shift in Judicial Standards Commission, which is like the watchdog for judges' appointments that have been done by the state bar would be done instead uh, by the General Assembly majority. They changed the retirement age for Supreme Court justices from 72 to 76. That keeps Chief, Chief Justice Paul Newby, a Republican, on that Supreme Court longer. They changed the way three-judge panels, which look at redistricting maps and other election laws, would change the way they're done uh, so that a Democrat out of Wake County, Judge Ridgeway, is no longer automatically on that thing. So just a bunch of, they were at one point going to delete five judgeships and they appeared to be judgeships where the judges had some decisions that Republican lawmakers didn't like, including Brian Collins, uh, Judge Brian Collins, who had decided the usurper case. I'm not getting into what that was, but it basically would have, would turn back some legislative policies. Uh, that, that came out, the deletion of those judgeships came out, but it was in the, 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 the draft budget of the league. What, I'm rambling here. What 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 are your you got a couple of takeaways here, maybe? Oh well, uh, it, it's clear that you know a, a message was sent, and I think uh, Minority Leader uh, Robert Reeves even said that the you know they're n- r- driving this plane and they're playing with the buttons and they can drive it wherever they want, and that that message was sent, and, and they can. You know, I can use all the examples here uh, of uh, them playing with controls of government, but that's essentially what what you can do when you have a supermajority. Um, and so, uh, and when you expect to keep it, when you have control of the Supreme Court, I mean, you know, it, it's in some ways the people have spoken here. I know people have their feelings about gerrymandering, but I mean, a Democratic Supreme Court did bless the districts this legislature was elected under. Uh, so, I certainly, when Phil Berger or Tim Moore stand up there and say they have a mandate from the state, I could get you know, well. Yeah, I mean that's how it works. So, uh, I, the three other things that they put uh, in their press release about the budget coming out uh, that they seem to be proud of. I'm looking at um, uh, Senator Berger's press release as we speak. Uh, opportunity scholarship expansion. Uh, just opportunity, opportunity scholarships are vouchers for private school tuition. Uh, that for years has um, been marketed to lower income families. This budget lifts the income cap. So now anyone, you could be a millionaire. Anyone can get at least some. I think up to right. 45, but you can't get the whole amount if you're if you're rich, but you can get at least some. Right. I, I thought it was a little low. I think it was in 3,000. Uh, 45% of the average 
pupil price. I right. I don't know. Number it's too late in the week to get into numbers. Right. Man. Everyone can get some. That's the point. <laughs> and rich families didn't used to uh, have that access. And then they're also pr- Republicans are also proud of uh, uh, tax cuts and a infrastructure. Um, uh, investment plan of $2 billion for water and wastewater uh, improvements in uh, rural North Carolina. So uh, they're, I'm sure they're hoping that people see that construction and those improvements soon and thank them. But those are the three top line items, at least from the press release. A lot of water, wastewater uh, projects in here. A lot of community college money in here, building on community college campuses. A lot of uh uh, mental health money that I think will take some time to kind of understand how it's spent. Uh, it's flown from different sources, what it will do. Uh, New Children's Hospital here in the Triangle. This is something that I think kind of got glossed over that, that I didn't notice as much as I should have. Uh, it's like $300 million something dollars somewhere in the Triangle. Not say it's going to have a behavioral health center as well. That's a big deal. Uh, there was a, a change to the sports gambling uh, legislation. So they just legalized gambling on your phone, betting on sports, and some lounges near, uh, near like PNC Arena and the Panther Stadium. And they're changing the way that those licenses work. Uh, no one would claim that section. I guess it just wrote itself into the budget. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Uh, but we could not uh, get anybody to claim to claim that one, including people who probably should have known uh, what happened with it. I'll mention quickly: uh, five Democrats in the House voted for this budget. Cunningham, Ray, Willingham, Pierce, and Brockman, young Democrats of North Carolina, immediately calling them out, promising primaries. That has not proved. I, yeah, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll see how anger sometimes fades, sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. That's one of those things where it's like, all right, let's try to see both sides here. If you know the Republicans have a supermajority and they can pass whatever they want anyway, and the Republicans come to you, and you know, or you know. I don't want to suggest, I'm not trying to suggest any wrongdoing or anything here, but, you know, someone comes to you and says, oh, you know, what do you need? And you have a conversation. You think you might think to yourself, well, the budget's getting passed anyway. Right. I, do I, if I have an opportunity to help my district, uh, will, will, should I take it? You know, uh, and it's possible that happened. Who knows? I'm not, I'm not saying it did. I'm just, uh, you know, saying maybe the motives here were not to help Republicans. Uh, maybe there were other things going on uh, where they helped their voters, helped their constituents. Yeah, I think what we always hear from lawmakers is that you should first vote your conscience, second vote your district, and third vote your party. Uh, I don't know how seriously some people <laughs> take that all the time. Uh, we talked uh, about the public records change. We talked about the change with GovOps. Uh, we talked a little bit about how. Uh, some Democrats were saying, uh, you know, this is this is a step toward authoritarianism. Uh, Senator Greg Meyer was saying, look, this is not hyperbole, and he's right in that the public records change. It, it says they can sell records. It's weird. I think that's some archival language that maybe I boilerplate. I don't. Again, maybe if I'd been able to see it uh, before 24 hours uh, before the votes in an environment where there weren't 20 things happening, I, we could nail some of these things down. But, you know, who does the check get written to? He said GovOps, as Senator Meyer did, can go to your home and get documents from your home, including computer files. Quote, a level of intrusion of government that I don't think the majority of us want. But isn't that only if you have business with the state, right? If you have business with the state, that's right. Yeah. I, I, my soapbox, though, when we start comparing things to the Gestapo, I, you know, look, y- y'all do what you want. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut used to say, though, that, uh, or he had a character say that he did not curse because it gives people permission to ignore you. Uh, and I 
am concerned that hyperbole does the same thing. You can you can obscure your own point. Uh, but obviously, look, this has been a tough week. <laughs> Emotions are raw. Democrats are totally cut out of these discussions, presented with the budget and told, take it. Right. And and even that, e- budget aside, there were still some things that surprised them. Even as, as recently as last night, we, we're not even 24 hours removed from a bill that would change uh, how the High School Athletics Association <laughs> works. Right. I'm sitting there. It's, it's 945. And I'm like, there is unusual activity outside the house here. What, what's up with this insurance bill? And it turns out this 20-something page bill of insurance regulations is going to have uh, a... I don't know if neutering is the right word, but so an overhaul of the way the North Carolina sports school, what is it? What does NCSAA stand for? I, we H- need to get Nick Stevens in here, our Nick high Stevens. sports reporter. He, uh, God bless he's going to have the best coverage, uh, WRAL.com. Um, but uh, what was interesting was, to me anyway, watching the debate, there were seemed to be legitimate questions, and then John Bell got up, and uh, it had very uh, pointed criticisms of the association itself. Uh, Which runs high school sports in North Carolina. Questions about how much money they get, where that money goes, how they decide when when kids are ruled ineligible. That is a big flashpoint. They've been talking about it for a while, and they felt clearly felt in the legislature that uh, the association did not do what they needed to do to avoid this legislation. And and I was going to say, uh, it seemed like while this bill popped up out of nowhere, it seemed like the feelings ran deep. Yes, they did. And they've been thinking about this for a long time. Yes, they did. And and, and what it'll do is it cedes a lot of power, authority that's with the association now to the State Board of Education and the st- superintendent. You're exactly right. Go to high school OT, Nick Stevens uh, for WRL. He, God bless him, came in last night. Uh, when I was like, I don't know what this 20 pages that they just dumped on me does. And uh, he figured it out. Oh, and he had been in a football game, uh, uh, <laughs> according to his Twitter. So Left he went a from football game to go, do it. Yeah, he had been at a high school football game, uh, from what I can tell, or covering one, uh, to reporting on that. Uh, going from high school sports to uh, uh, age verification for uh, porn sites, uh, I, I don't recall seeing this anywhere. So this, uh, this this popped up briefly earlier in the session, but it was Democrats trying to paste it into an anti-drag show bill to basically say, say Republicans, you don't really care about protecting children. You just want to pass this anti-drag show bill. The Republicans tabled it. And now the Republicans yesterday, kind of out of the middle of nowhere, resurrect this language, paste it into a bill that deals with adding a computer science credit to the high school gra- uh, graduation requirements. So you're going to have to take a computer science class to graduate North Carolina high school. And it says, all right, if you have a pornographic website, you have to do age verification. It's not clear how you do that. You have to use some sort of commercially available database to do it. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that works. I think some other states have done this, uh, and uh, uh, the details that they put into the bill, uh, or the requirements, I should say, made some sites just totally back out. I. Uh, back out of the state altogether. Um, who knows? Who knows how it'll play out here? Uh, and then uh, a, a much, much bigger bill that got a lot more attention was the uh, reg reform bill, which I think you you and the rest of our team reported on. Yeah, this is something of an annual bill. I, I think it was 40, 
something pages. It softened uh, as far as what it did on water quality, rolling back some of those rules. But the Southern Environmental Law Center still really dislikes this bill. Eight Democrats voted for it. This is bipartisan. Uh, it kind of boils down to how much do we protect the environment versus you know keep a simple streamlined uh, environment for business to operate in, uh, including agricultural businesses. Uh, there's some like animal carcass language in here that was a little bit controversial. I, I think one of the biggest things was, so back a while ago, the Biden administration said, we're going to start considering like civil rights, like race, uh, poverty, other demographics, when we decide where certain things can be cited. Because, you know, this idea of environmental justice, right? Where does the stuff that pollutes the environment it go? Oh, no surprise. It goes into poor neighborhoods. Uh, so the, the Biden administration was going to start considering that. This language, if I understand it, says the state should not consider that sort of thing. Uh, so that was causing concerns. Also, it speeds up the MVP Southgate pipeline. That's a natural gas pipeline heading into Alamance County. Again, eight Democrats in the House voted for it. I didn't. I don't have the Senate vote in my notes. Uh, before we get too far away, can we go back to animal carcasses? What is what's that about? <laughs> so the way, if I understand the bill, and again, it's a complicated bill. It says that if there is an emergency, uh, it basically streamlines the process to if a bunch of chickens die in a mass event, uh, for you to compost those chickens. Which I, I'll let everybody think for a second about what composting, say, a hundred thousand or ten thousand chickens would look like. Uh, but it, so there would be less uh, review by the Department of Environmental Quality in that case. I'm just imagining a big conveyor belt with an axe on the end of it, like in Looney Tunes, where they're ch- chopping them up, and then, then you put them in a bowl, and you mix them up, and that's how we get chicken nuggets, right? I, ooh, I think there's sawdust involved, but let's, let's, let's move on. Um, Senate Bill 749 passed. This is the overhaul of the State Board of Elections. We've talked about it a lot. The governor will veto it. The legislature will overturn that veto. A lawsuit will follow. Uh, I assume the Republican-controlled state Supreme Court will say, eh, we think this law is actually okay. I don't know that, but we'll see. Um, I, if you have something to add on that one, but I... Uh, only that this, they have been trying to, they being the Republicans, have been trying uh, to get at least an equal balance on the State Board of Elections for years now. Uh, they passed a bill at one point. It was struck down in court. Uh, I believe the Constitution says something about the governor uh, having uh, the ability special privileges at the very because I don't have it in front of me. I'll sp- speak broadly, but uh, it favor uh, people have interpreted the state constitution in a way that uh, it, it, the governor would have uh, the authority over the state board of elections. He has to have the ability to in. To, to implement the laws the General Assembly passed, and how can he do that if he's not appointing people? That's that's broadly the separation of powers argument. I can't remember what the specific arguments were in the Board of Elections case, but uh, yeah, we'd go from a, a Board of Elections that is uh, one-person majority toward the governor's party, whoever the governor is, to a split one, even between Republicans and Democrats, what happens when they deadlock? That's kind of the big concern. Are we are we asking for deadlocks? Right, and people say, oh, well, if there's a deadlock, it would then go to uh, what the legislat- legislative leaders would, ha- would have uh, some influence over uh, breaking it, which obviously scares people considering the uh, supermajority we have now. Let's talk about how State Representative Terrence Everett, Wake County Democrat, found his office moved into a supply closet in the basement of the General Assembly. Did you follow this one? They played out a little bit on social media yesterday, Thursday. Right. So uh, we got a, we have a long wind up for yeah. this one. Beep, beep, beep. We right. got to back it up. Uh, 
we've spoken on the rap before about uh, Speaker Moore uh, having a relationship with a woman who is in the middle of a divorce, I believe. Yeah, they, she's and, married, but it seems like the marriage, like some level of separation. And she's a state employee. That's important. Right. And uh, during, uh, and then uh, her husband uh, filed a lawsuit uh, against Speaker Moore alleging alienation of affection. This is one of the, it's amazing how fast <laughs> how this gets buried by other news in our state. Uh, and in that lawsuit, the ex, the husband alleged that the woman told him that Moore traded sex for political favors. Right. Now, uh, the- Which Moore, of course, has denied. Of course. And uh, the woman in this case has also denied it. Right. And people have not come forward. We, uh, yeah, if we could prove this, folks, we would. Right. That that's the other thing is uh, I see people on on Twitter and other social media talking about how you know these are salacious allegations. But think about this legally. Uh, there was no evidence presented in this lawsuit. It was the husband saying, "Well, she told me that he did this." I'm like, well, he, you know, here a little bit of hearsay there. Uh, anyway. Uh, the local district attorney, Lauren Freeman, said at some point during the summer that she did not see enough evidence uh, to warrant any charges or investigation into Speaker Moore. At some point, someone did reporting on her, on the the woman's raises yeah, as a state that, employee. That's a story I wrote. She got like 50% salary increase over the three years of the relationship. She worked for a, a, a separate group within the state. Speaker doesn't have direct control over it, but obviously, you know, he's the Speaker of the House. He's a big deal. Um, and the people who decided the raises said not had nothing to do with it. She said it had nothing to do with it, but she did get big time raises over the period of time. So right, and then after that reporting came out is when uh, Terrence Everett, Democrat, I believe he's from Wake Forest, um, uh, sent a letter to the District Attorney asking her to reconsider uh, opening an investigation into Speaker Moore. And she said no. And he released this letter publicly. He didn't just send it to, to Lauren Freeman. He released the letter publicly. Right, which you can in- interpret how, how you want. Um, and uh, then this week, uh, <laughs> he got a new office. And uh, Well, there's even more to it. because So he shows up, he's on the House floor waiting to vote on the budget, and he finds out his office has just been moved, again, to a, a supply closet in the basement. Um, down this kind of hallway that's behind the cafeteria. It's not, it's not the best space in the world. Uh, and the way you can know that is that the press corps is, <laughs> is located real close to it, um, as are the janitorial staff and General Assembly police. Um, but the, the, the speaker also sent him a letter that is just dripping with sarcasm. He's just so clearly... Uh, a, 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 <laughs> It says things like, you'll be pleased to know no one has ever occupied this office. So you'll be contributing to the great history of this General Assembly by occupying this office, albeit in a small way. Like, and it, it's a full-page letter. Almost every sentence is like that one. And uh, it, the speaker goes on to say that the reason he did it was because earlier in the week, Everett it, Everett had said something on social media about State Senator Paul Lowe, who initially was not doing what Democrats wanted in the state Senate, and but he kind of came on board later. But so uh, Paul Lowe's got a bit of a temper, goes to see Everett. Uh, Paul Lowe in, I think, 2019 got had a yelling match with, with some other uh, state lawmaker, comes out of the door. Joe Killian, who's a good reporter, is, is like got his phone out, 
<laughs> Logue picks it up, chunks it across the room. Um, so the man has a temper. That, that, that's well established. But so he, he and Everett kind of get into it. And uh, Speaker Moore says, all right, I moved you because, you know, I don't want you guys, you know, their offices were close to each other. I want you to be safe, buddy. Even if you, you know, it was just dripping the, this letter. Uh, Everett and Lobo say, this is totally unnecessary. Uh, we're fine. Uh, it's obvious, Andy, what's happening here. I mean, even Speaker Moore, I think, would cop to it. Uh, yeah, and I, I think what's in, he's uh, not going to be Speaker next year. And so, or, well, no, or, he might be next year, I'm but sorry, next, next not, session. Yeah. Next session. Uh, pff, after 2024, he will not be Speaker anymore. And so uh, he's not going to face any repercussions for this. He's, you know, this is sort of a parting shot in a way on his. Uh, in his last months as speaker. Yeah, and this has happened before. I, I seem to remember this happening to Ray Russell, although it was a better office. Uh, Ken Udy uh, reached out and said that in 1977, Speaker Carl Stewart banished Liston Ramsey and Billy Watkins to broom closets in the corridor, now occupied by the legislative cafeteria. Liston and Billy upgraded in 1981 when Liston became Speaker of the House. So... Don't worry, y'all. If you're in the basement right now, you might be able to get out unless you're the press corps. You're never leaving. Speaking of Abandon people, all hope. <laughs> right, speaking of people who who may or may not have the speaker's favor, uh, uh, Representative Willingham held the gavel uh, for a little while. He was uh, up in the speaker's dais. Do we call that a dais? Uh, running the show, chairing the house. He's a Democrat. Um, but has often voted with Republicans. That was interesting. The state representative, Aaron Perret, a Republican here in Wake County, who's running for Congress. She also uh, was able to hold the gavel in the speaker's chair for a little while Thursday night during the budget debate. Not uncommon for different people to be up there, but I'm pretty sure she got some pictures taken for that congressional run. She was on, oh, I can't remember. It's uh, She's on either MSNBC or CNN earlier this week, too. So she's starting to get that national attention. She could be a good candidate, uh, as I'm sure... Others will as well. I just we we have to deal with her. In the when you say good candidate, you're referring to a someone who has been primed and as po- polished and ready to go for the cameras and and is electable within her party. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, real quickly here, Hunter, uh, J- former governor, excuse me, y'all, former governor Jim Hunt was with Anderson Clayton, the head of the Democratic Party, uh, this week. Uh, they met at Parker's Barbecue in Eastern North Carolina. Uh, and I mention it because uh, Governor Hunt is 86, looked good in the picture. Uh, we had heard uh, some concerns about his health some months back. Glad to see that, uh, that he's out and about and looking good. Uh, real quickly, I'll mention there was a fundraiser. So <laughs> the, the House broke for a long period of time yesterday, and now it looks like one of the reasons is because Representative Jared Lowry, a uh, Republican from down in, is it Robinson County? Uh, Lumbee Country, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, he had a fundraiser in Pembroke at 7 p.m. Thursday, so kind of one of the reasons. I, I think there were some other people who had other other non-fundraising things to do, uh, but Tim Moore, I saw, uh, Brendan Jones, and Destin Hall, those are all part of the Republican leadership. Saw a picture of them down at that fundraiser 7 p.m. last night. <sighs> Next week, Andy, life continues with redistricting hearings. Yeah, if if... You know, people talk about uh, power consolidation now. Those cries will get even louder probably after uh, the next districts come out. Yeah, so we'll have public hearings next week. The legislature doesn't have anything going on, I don't think, until the week of October 9th, which is when things get rolling big time on redistricting plans. So we have the public hearings. And then sometime in October, they're going to vote starting the 9th, roughly. They're going to vote through new maps. They're going to start with the congressional maps. 
And then they're going to vote through uh, House and Senate maps, and I guess there'll be a lawsuit, and I don't know what all, y'all, but we'll be on top of it here, and that's all I got. The only other thing I'd mention is the Democrats had a rally on Sunday uh, to uh, raise awareness about gun violence, uh, and they one of the members of the Tennessee Three uh, came and, and spoke. These are the folks that got kicked out of the uh, the House of Representatives briefly for for what kind of a sit-in uh, strategy in the Tennessee House of Representatives. That's right. right. And then at the same uh, the same day, uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, who's running for governor, had a fundraiser where uh, I believe they auctioned off uh, an assault rifle. So the uh, the juxtaposition there w- was interesting on Sunday. That's that's the only thing that. I don't think we touched on. A lot's happened since then. I uh, apologize if there was anything uh, that was important that we didn't get to. Yep, absolutely. And uh, what we can do next week, we will do next week. We'll try to keep you caught up here on The Wrap. <laughs>